WISIP is the first international project aimed at promoting Italian cinema, directed by women, which is also available in an accessible version. It was selected as a special project by the Italian Ministry of Culture. Welcome to the WICAP podcast. We are talking about the event we had a couple of days ago in New York. In the Casa Zerilli Marimo. Marimo, uh, under the NYU umbrella. A very interesting place with a number of, of Italian events that take place uh, in New York. Uh, practically every day, and we're being lucky to be there for the WICP event to have two screenings, three screenings, actually. The two short film. Two short shorts films. by Jasmine Trinka and uh, Daphne Di Cinto and uh, The Girl as Phone. As Phone by Vilma Labate. By Vilma Labate, and also we had a panel. There is another episode of this podcast dedicated to the panel. But now we are going to introduce the Q&A moderated by uh, the director of Casa Italiana, Stefano Albertini, with the film director of uh, The Moor, Daphne, Daphne Di Cinto. Cinto. Daphne, Thank congratulations. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's a great pleasure. Uh, all my colleagues at, at New York University of Florence Talked about you, talked about your film. Yeah, the screening with the students there. Everybody was enthusiastic, so I couldn't wait. Congratulations. And this is a directorial debut. So it's your first film as a director. It is, yes. And you had already experience in cinema as an actor. Most yes, right? I started out as an yeah. actor. <laughs> it's not an easy debut. I mean, it's a costume film. It's an historical film. Expensive also. I guess. I mean, I've been living at my parents' house for the past year and a half because I can't pay rent. <laughs> But uh, um, no, I mean, jokes aside, um, we did it with a budget of around 30K and we shot it in four days. Um, a lot of people came together to do this movie. A lot of people believed in the importance of the story that I was trying to tell and donated their talent and their um, props and their locations in order to make it happen. And Daphne, it's not by chance that your first film as the director, it's a film about this character, this historical character. Tell us something about you and tell us something about this character. But first about you. <laughs> um, well, um, so I was born and raised in a very small town in the northeast of Italy. Um, uh, well, the town is too small, but it's near Ravenna. Do you want to know the name of my town? Come on. It's called Bozzolo. Okay. It means cocoon. <laughs> Total of 4,000 people when I was growing up, 12,000 pigs. So okay. You cannot beat that. Oh, wow. See, <laughs> I always say that in my town, there are more chickens than there people. We so, had more, yeah. more pigs. And, there you go. So um, it's a small it's called, town in Romagna, near yes, Ravenna. Yes. Um, and, uh, um, well, I guess growing up as somebody who has a passion for um, storytelling, literature, history, uh, art, um, I was used not to see myself represented in the history of my own country. And uh, I got told that uh, that was just the way it was. Uh, the only history that apparently represented me uh, was the slave trade. <laughs> um, and so when I recently came across the character of Alessandro de' Medici, and I mean, I'm in my 30s, and 
I went three decades on this earth studying uh, in Italy, being educated in Italy and without knowing the story of this guy. Um, so when I found out, I just couldn't shut up about it. Um, and uh, um, I started out uh, with writing a pilot because his life is so incredibly rich and eventful that uh, a single feature film wouldn't be enough. Um, and this was uh, at the beginning of 2020. So I actually wrote the first draft of a pilot through the pandemic. Um, and uh, uh, the following summer when, um, you know, there was that break between lockdown number one and number two, I ended up going to see my parents in Italy and thinking to myself, what do I want to do? Do I want to wait for a production company to come and give me money to do this film and probably take it away from me and do whatever the hell they want, really? Um, or do I want to tell this story? And I've always wanted to direct. Actually, I've started um, having an interest in directing uh, when I was uh, in New York, because I studied here in New York. I spent five and a half years here. And, uh, um, and, and this just felt like the right story to start this new journey with. Um, and yeah, so I, I wrote a script for a short film and, uh, Put together all these collaborators and this incredible team that uh, became a small family for four days. And at the height of uh, uh, lockdown number two, we all ended up in these two incredible medieval castles in the province of Bologna um, that they led us for free. I literally paid a uh, 100 euros for each, for each castle. I don't know which gods were smiling on me, but they were. Um, and, uh, um, and yeah, we just locked ourselves into these castles and we shot and we rushed to finish this uh, film. And um, four days weren't enough. Uh, I probably need at least six to do what I really wanted to do. So, um you know, rewatching it is always great, but I always also see all the things that I wanted to do differently. Um, but uh, other than that, I'm I'm really proud because my goal when I started um, this project was to bring this story as far as I could to as many years as I could. And um, today we're screening literally at the same time in two different places in New York City. Um, and uh, we just had this beautiful article come out on the Manhattan Herald, and I feel, you know, a little closer to that goal. You you are more than closer. You hit it. You hit the maybe goal. yes. Maybe you're right. And Daphne, <laughs> do you think that the the fact, for example, that they gave you the castles basically for nothing? Did you tell them the story? Did you tell oh, them yes. the story? I mean. What is the reaction you get, especially in Italy, mm -hmm. when you tell this story that everybody knows, you know, that we know our Gonzaga, mm -hmm. our, yeah. our Medici, we do not. And you bring out this story that is incredible and that no director in the previous centuries or ever bothered. Like we had two recent uh, film series, uh, TV series on the Medici. Mm -hmm. We had, of course, the, the documentary by Rossellini. We had a, a horrible uh, PBS documentary on the Medici produced here in America. 
never a mention, never a word about the origin of these uh, men that was obviously remarkably different from the, from the other men that were next to him. So what is the reaction you get when you tell the story before they see the film? Well, I mean, I would start uh, with saying that uh, to this day, uh, where Alessandro de' Medici rests in uh, um, San Lorenzo in Florence, he is in this uh, beautiful chapel um, sculpted by Michelangelo and uh, uh, it's the same chapel uh, where Lorenzo the Magnificent rests and uh, uh, many other very important Medici men. Alessandro de' Medici is the only person that is not mentioned in you know, the signage for the tourists. Um, so I think that really tells <laughs> what the situation is. Um, and the reaction I get when I start telling people is... Uh, I had no idea, mostly. A few people, actually, uh, one person in Florence said, oh yeah, we know, we're not supposed to know, but we know. Um, so uh, there are different, there are different level of, levels of knowledge out there. Um, I would say that most people I've talked to uh, really were supportive about telling this story. So, which is the only reason why I actually was able to pull this off. Um, yeah, so I think that uh, there are many more people out there that need to hear it. And hopefully we can make something bigger out of this. Definitely. So it's an incredible story. His father was? The Pope. The Pope. It's actually controversial mm -hmm. because officially um, his father was uh, Lorenzo de' Medici, il Duca di Urbino. Uh, this is what was said, but uh, actually... Uh, quite a few historians, including the official historian of the uh, Florence Grand Duchy, so the successor of Alessandro, um, said um, that Cosimo I told him in private that Alessandro was really the son of the Pope. Um, and today historians tend to agree that uh, Clemente VII was his father. And the mother? The mother was a, a woman of African descent that m may have been enslaved or just a servant in uh, the Medici household. And there as well, um, I know there are controversies out there. Wikipedia will tell you differently. <laughs> um, but, well, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Um, definitely, before you, we don't go down the rabbit yeah. hole. <laughs> but there is also something to be said about slavery and enslaved people in Renaissance Florence. And mm -hmm. it's something that we don't really want to talk about because the story that we have of the Renaissance in Florence is so beautiful, it's so glorious. And it seemed, you know, it was this utopian place where everybody had a chance and everybody was creating beautiful things. And it is true. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there was also a component of the city that were enslaved. Yeah. And it's a very difficult story to deal with, even today, don't you, don't you think so? Uh, yes. Uh, what I think is also interesting is the fact that uh, slaves back then weren't necessarily associated with black people. No. Um, actually, uh, the word slave comes from Slav, so person of Slavic descent, because most slaves were from there. Um, and uh, another interesting fact is that back then, racism wasn't what we know it today. So Alessandro's issue wasn't that he was black, but was his low birth. 
which was obviously a different kind of discrimination that uh, draws, I think, a very strong parallel to what is experienced today by a, by a lot of Afro-European people. Yes, and this idea of the legitimate and illegitimate children. And you, you I think it's in one of the blurb of the film, that at a certain point in the history of the Medici family, the main line is represented by three men that are all three illegitimate. illegitimate. Yeah. They were either born out of wedlock mm-hmm. or the mother was not um, a person that could be presentable in society. So there were all of them had these things, not to mention Leonardo da Vinci and many, many others. Um, so what was with these the illegitimate children and the fact that, as we would say in Italy, had una marcia in più somehow, uh, they were used to fight because nothing was given to them. They couldn't take anything for granted. And we had a, a student here in, that did this competition called Palazzo Strozzi Foundation. Mm-hmm. She's a student in a public school here in New York, high school. And when it came to, and she prepared a paper on, on Leonardo, and when we asked her, what, is, what makes Leonardo special? And she answered, she, he was an illegitimate child. His father didn't recognize him immediately. And she went on saying, had he been a legitimate child, he would have been a notary like his father, and we would not know anything about Leonardo. Mm. So I found it very striking, the idea that being an illegitimate child, therefore having to fight for anything because you're going to be denied systematically everything, Mm -hmm. makes you stronger and makes you more determined. Do you have any thought about this idea of the illegitimate children as a category that have to... (laughs) Show something more? Well, I think it's uh, such a strong parallel again with uh, what happens today. Uh, if you ask a lot of uh, um, Afro-European people, and I think that the experience goes for African-American as well, they will tell you that um, they feel like they have to be 100,000 times better to get where they need to get than their peers. So I guess 500 years of history hasn't, haven't changed much in a way. Thank you so much. The Q&A is, of course, also for you, your questions. I don't want to monopolize Daphne, even if I could talk to her for an hour and a half. Yes, please. She's a student of mine. She's very good. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, I heard him comment about the color palette. I wanted to ask, why did you go with those colors and the tones between the scenes that we see changing mm-hmm. when we start in one room, the lighter and then the darker? Is that part of the progression of the film? Yeah, I wanted to start in a way where Alessandro wouldn't be as prominent because uh, I felt that that was his... Um, his being up until that moment, he kind of was always the plan B. Um, and I wanted the um, light and shadows to reflect that. And as the film goes by, he comes more and more in the light. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to light detail, certain details as much as I wanted because of the four days and the time constraints. Um, but that's the concept behind it. And uh, when we location scouted and we found these red rooms, burgundy rooms, um, it, it just, it went well with uh, the mood of the story and the costumes as well. Uh, if you 
see the paintings of the characters. Uh, both the cardinal and uh, um, the pope have these red and burgundy robes. Um, so then everything kind of shifted in that direction. And we found this incredible costume, the one Alessandro wears with uh, the red um, giglio. Um, and uh, yeah, so it kind of, in a way, constructed itself. And we just took what we had and uh, did the best we could. <laughs> I really loved it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm also a student in Stefano's class. Um, and we recently watched The Decameron by Pasolini. And a big thing in that movie was that the dialect used in the movie wasn't the same one that Boccaccio used in Decameron. So I wanted to know if the spoken dialect you used in the movie, was there any stylistic choice in, in that? Or was it just what is the most commercial one and like what most people can like easily understand in today's day and age? Um, I wanted to draw this fil rouge between the past and the present. So I kept the dialogue, I would say, somewhat contemporary um, with, you know, a little tinge from the past. <laughs> um, and uh, um, yeah, so that was my choice. And for me, the dialogue, and I, it's, it's dialogue heavy, and I am 100% aware of it, but I like it. <laughs> um, so it's okay. Um, and, uh, I just wanted the words between them to really, um, reflect the music of their souls. Uh, so especially in the dialogue between the Pope and Alessandro when they're at the altar, um, I, I just wanted that to have a certain rhythm and a certain musicality that um, really talked of the pain they were inflicting each other, willingly or not. Now that you have this beautiful film to show, um, are you optimistic that you will get the funding to do what you want to do? Well, hey, New York City. I mean, I'm here. Let's just do it. Um, uh, am I optimistic? Well, I am optimistic. I'm an optimistic person. I think that if I weren't optimistic, I would have done a period drama for my directorial debut. Everybody thought I was crazy, uh, which might be right. Um, but um, yes, the answer to that is yes. I don't know when. I don't know how. And what I know is that I will work as hard as I can to keep it as authentic as I can because we, we know that production, production companies and productions have certain requirements. Um, but I am working day and night on uh, making this project something bigger and uh, I hope to get there. Thank you. And we wish you all the best. You only one promise. When the big thing comes out, you're going to come back and present. Of course. I'm going to come back before that. <laughs> thank you. Please again, thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Daphne Di Cinto. From the WICAP project in New York, Stefano Albertini was talking with Daphne Di Cinto about the Moor. Uh, this was part of the project that, that took place in New York uh, on the 28th of uh, October. In the Casa Zerilli Marimont. And then we're close here because there is another episode coming. <laughs> WISIP is the first international project aimed at promoting Italian cinema written, produced, and directed by women, which is also available in an accessible version. It was selected as a special project by the Italian Ministry of Culture. Fred Film Radio, 24-7 on fred.fm and smartphone apps.